This week on Mind of a Madman, we're going to look at the Acoustic Records. What are they? How do they affect you? Do they really exist? But first, as always, we're going to start with a couple uh, news articles. Um, the first news article that we're going to look at is entitled, An 11-minute uh, flight to space was just auctioned for $28 million. Amazon billionaire Jeff Bezos is going to space on July 20th on a reusable rocket made from his made by his uh, space exploration company Blue Origin. So is his younger brother Mark. And now pledging $28 million, a mystery bidder has also won an auction to join them on a suborbital ride. The mission is estimated to last 11 minutes, which works out to about $2.545 million a minute, or $42,424 a second expensive. Uh, nearly 7,600 people from 156 countries registered to bid on the flight uh, aboard the new vehicle called the New Shepard. The winner's name will be revealed in a couple of weeks, and the name of the fourth crew member will be announced soon. Uh, $28 million will be donated to Club for the Future, Blue Origins Foundation, to inspire future generations to pursue uh, careers in STEM and help invent the future of life in space. Um, only, it says here that only a brief portion of the flight will be spent above uh, the uh, the uh, a Carmen line. That's the altitude at which space begins, about 62 miles above sea level. The scheduled July 20th flight comes on the anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing in 1969. Uh, so, yeah, this is if you, if you've been following the whole you know Jeff Bezos thing with you know with with Kit to space you know, he wants to be the first uh, he he you know he's claiming to be the first billionaire to reach who's going to reach space. Well, looks like uh, Richard Branson's trying to beat him, so we'll see what happens here in a couple weeks coming up. But uh, so. On to our second story. Um, this one is called uh, The Mystery of the Giant Oort Cloud from Deep Space Explained. Uh, if, if you don't know what the Oort Cloud is, uh, it's a giant cloud at the edge of the solar system. It's about 3,000 times the distance between the Earth and the Sun. <clears throat> um, it's basically the leftovers from when our solar system was formed. So the article goes to say that astronomers have calculated the first hundred million years of the history of the gigantic root cloud, the theoretical entity that contains a hundred billion or so comet-like objects, <clears throat> and forms a giant spherical shell around the sun and the rest of the solar system. NASA describes it as a big, thick-walled bubble made of ice particles uh, and, uh, and space debris the size of mountains and sometimes larger. The root cloud was named after Dutch astronomer John Hendrik Oort, who discovered it in the 1950s. He was looking to understand why comets in the solar system have elongated orbits. Scientists have uh, scientists now believe the Oort cloud is a source of most of the comets. Uh, the cloud is believed to be extremely far from the sun, many more times distant than the outer reaches of the Kuiper Belt, the area of the solar system which passes 
the orbit of Neptune. It contains comets, asteroids, and small AC space bodies, as well as the dwarf planet Pluto. The inner edge of the Uruk cloud is between is likely between 2,000 to 500 between 2,000 to 5,000 astronomical units, or Earth-to-Sun distances from the Sun, which is about 93 million miles each AU. The outer edge is probably 10,000 to 100,000 AU from the Sun. By comparison, the Kuiper Belt is 30 to 50 AU away from the Sun. <clears throat> um, so, the simulations that these astronomers have conducted confirm that the root cloud is what remained of the protoplanetary disk of gas and debris from which is believed our solar system formed out of 4.6 billion years ago. <clears throat> um, the cloud has comet-like objects made of debris from two places in the universe, some of which are from nearby parts of solar systems such as asteroids expelled by giant planets like Jupiter. Another group of objects in the cloud come from the thousands or so stars that were around when the sun was born, eventually drifting apart from each other. Uh, as, you know, um, I don't know how, you know, how well versed are, you know, all of you guys are in, like, how stars are born, but when stars are formed, they usually, they usually form in groups, uh, and then you know, slowly kind of you know, you know, drift into their own their own you know neck of the universe or, uh, you know of their of their galaxy. Um, <clears throat> with our new calculations, we show the root cloud arose from a kind of cosmic conspiracy," said astronomer and simulated expert Simon Portuguese Swartz from the Leiden University, adding, "In which nearby stars, planets, and the Milky Way all play their part." Each of the individual processes alone would not be able to explain the cloud. You really need the interplay and the right choreography of of it all of it all to process together. He added that the root cloud was ultimately processed by um, the interplay and the right choreography. Um, as it's so far away, humanity hasn't yet built a telescope powerful enough to see the small, faint objects of the root cloud. By some estimates, it would take telescopes that are 100 billion times better than what we currently have to see into the cloud. Uh, even the new James Webb telescope that's launching later in 2021 is unlikely to be able to see that far. It's crazy how we have telescopes that can see, that can see planets going around other stars you know, hundreds of thousands of light years away from us, and we can see we're we're starting to be able to see black holes, but you know, you know we still can't see. Although you know, you know, we still can't see things in our in our in our own solar system. It just goes it just goes to show how different kind of telescopes can show different things, and you know how things can be right in your own backyard and you can't see them. So, and then it and then it just goes on to say that. Um, you know the the Voyager one spacecraft, which is the furthest thing that humans have ever built, is out in space. Um, that the Voyager one probe can cover about a million miles a day, and it would take three hundred years to reach the inner edge of the of of the root cloud. And would uh, so, 
Oh, and then to get all the way through, it would take about another thirty thousand years. So what's so you know what's, you know what's crazy is is that you know the Voyager one spacecraft has been past, you know, it's been past past Neptune and Uranus for decades now, and it, you know, and it's going a long, you know, it's it's a long ways out there, and it's still that you know, it, it just shows you know, how big things are out in space. Um, our next story. Is titled uh, "U.S. Navy Controls Invention That Claimed to Change the Fabric of Reality." Uh, <clears throat> inventions with revolutionary potential made by a mysterious aerospace engineer for the U.S. Navy came to light. Uh, the U.S. Navy holds patents for enigmatic inventions by aerospace engineer Dr. Salvatore Paris. Paris came up with a technology that can engineer reality, devising an ultra-fast craft, a fusion reactor, and more. While mostly theoretical at this point, the inventions could transform energy, space, and military sectors. The U.S. military controls patents for the for some futuristic and outlandish technologies, some of which is dubbed the UFO patents. Uh... Uh, Dr. Salvatore Paris claims to be able to engineer reality. His state of his slate of highly ambitious, borderline sci-fi, sci-fi design meant for use by the U.S. government ranged from gravitational wave generators and compact fusion generators to next-gen hybrid aerospace watercraft uh, and revolutionary propulsion systems and beyond. Of course, the existence of a patent does not mean the technologies have actually been created, but there is evidence that some demonstrations of operability have been successfully carried out. Um, a possible reason for why uh, these patents have been taken on by the Navy is that the Chinese military may have also been developing similar advanced gadgets. Uh, he's going to say that... Uh, that this that uh, he has a cone-shaped vehicle, or he great uh, he has a patent for a cone-shaped vehicle that could potentially fly just as well anywhere, uh, whether it be in the air, water, or space, without leaving any heat signatures. It can achieve this by creating a quantum vacuum around itself with a very dense polarized energy field. This vacuum would allow it to repel any molecule. And uh, craft that come in contact with it, no matter the medium, manipulating quantum field fluctuations in the local vacuum energy state. Uh, the polarized vacuum would dramatically decrease any element resistance and lead to extreme speeds. So this sounds a lot like how UFOs, you know, supposedly work. So you know, is this an invention? Is this you know crash UFO technology that we've reverse engineered? It's really hard, hard to say at this point, you know, because, you know, I mean, the, you know, the military doesn't talk about a lot of things, so it's hard to tell. Um, he said, or they said, uh, another one of these inventions is an electromagnetic field generator that could generate an impenetrable defense shield to sea and land as well as space-based military and civilian assist- assets. The shield could protect from threats like anti-ship ballistic missiles, cruise missiles, that evade radar, uh, uh, coronal mass injections from the sun, 
military satellites, and even asteroids. Uh, and it says, according to papers released, recently published, uh, this new plasma compression fusion device could transform energy production So, and then you know, a lot of this also sounds like what, what was going on uh, in a supposed um, in a Philadelphia experiment, you know, where they made the boat disappear or become invisible, but it actually ended up traveling to a different dimension. But you know, of course, according to government documents, it never happened. So, I mean, you know, you know, it just makes you wonder, you know, how much of this has been going on? How much of this technology has the Navy been working on? You know, you know. In secret, I mean, I realize they have to. I mean, because if they were completely honest with everything that they are doing, then you know the other countries would be able to, you know, keep up with us. So I mean, I understand that for national security and to keep us safe is, you know, needs to happen. But it just kind of makes you wonder, you know, what's actually out there that you know, we don't know about. Um, and our last article, it's a UFO article. I've been trying to keep the UFO articles to a minimum this week and next week because uh, that. That this that uh, that that thing for disclosure is coming, and I'm sure once that happens, the UFO stories are going to be coming out of the woodwork. So I, I've been, you know, I've been trying to limit them. I mean, I mean, right now I probably have 15, 15 new UFO stories that I, I could have used this week. But like I said, I'm trying to limit that because we're going to have a ton coming out here in a couple weeks. So this is the only one I have for this week, and it's titled "NASA Chief Says Investigation Has Begun into Navy UFO Sightings." The head of NASA has said that researchers are now investigating the recent slew of UFO sightings from the U.S. Navy pilots. Reports of UFOs be, uh, be, begin spotted by UFO Navy pilots can be tracked back to 2017 when the New York Times reported that many Navy, Navy pilots uh, said they've seen unidentified flying objects in the sky performing aerial maneuvers that far exceed anything that humans are currently capable of. And... December 2020, Senator Mark Rubio, who was a Senate's Intelligence Com uh, Committee Chair, requested the Pentagon and U.S. Directors for National Intelligence to deliver an unclassified report to Congress regarding current known knowledge of UFOs by the month's end. Uh, now, re uh, recent re appointed NASA Chief Bill Nelson has thrown this, his support behind uncovering the mysteries of these UFO sightings. Uh, he just goes on to say that now that I'm here at NASA, I've turned to our scientists and I've said, would you look at it from a scientific standpoint and see if you can determine what these objects are so we can have a better idea. The bottom line is we want to know, and that's what we're trying to do. So like I said, you know, disclosure's coming in a couple weeks here hopefully, so we'll see. Okay, so that's all we have for news this week. Uh... So now on to uh, the Akashic Records. So if you don't know what the Akashic Records are, a lot of people have heard of. Uh, all right, a lot of people have never even heard of the Akashic Records, um, in in their uh, direct form. Now, many people who, if you go to church, whether you're Christian, whether you're uh, Catholic, um, you actually talk about what many experts think the Acoustic Records are at least part of, you don't even know it. 
So exactly what are the Akasic Records? The, the Akasic Records are a collection of all the universal events, thoughts, words, emotions, and intent that have occurred in the past, present, and future, anywhere in the universe. And it could be here on Earth, it could be on other planets, anything that's ever happened in the universe, it's all in one collective library. Um, but they don't, they, they exist on a non-physical plane in the universe, so it's not a physical place you can go, it has to be accessed through, through, it's like a mental access, you know, you have, you have, you have to, you have to be, be able to channel it. Um, so there's a group called, uh, Theosophist, uh, and what they are is are people who believe in this. Um, they uh, they believe all these records uh, are for all life forms, whether it be you know uh, for more you know intelligent creatures like humans and above, where, where, you know whatever that means in, on other planets too. But it's for dogs, cats, butterflies, anything you can imagine, anything that plants, anything that's ever lived. It has a record. <clears throat> um, H.P. Plabatsky introduced uh, the term Akashic, which he interpreted from Sanskrit. Henry Steele wrote that Buddha taught two things were eternal. Akasa and Nirvana. Rudolf Steiner claimed to have access to Akashic records while writing a series of articles on Atlantis. Um, theosophists believe that the acoustic records can be accessed at any time th but like I just said it has to be through channeling um, so people who there's been a lot of people who throughout time uh, have been you know way ahead of their time you know they've been savants they've had ideas thoughts concepts that were so far ahead of of you know where, where civilization was at that time and they've either had you know like ideas or inventions or what have you that that led humanity to the next step and you know you could, you know and you'd almost say wow did they did they travel through time because you know their ideas were so far ahead Maybe they did, but other people think that these people may have been able to tune into the Cossack records. Um, first person to look at is Leonardo uh, Vinci. He had many drawings and inventions that were so far ahead of their time. Um, he had a concept uh, and blueprints for a flying machine uh, that was kind of like kind of like an airplane glider. And you know, scientists have 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 you know recreated, it and it works. It flies. It's just he didn't have the material to create it back in the time. Back in the time, um, he had a drawing for armored car, which would which 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 to this day would be very very effective against you know uh, normal rounds from weapons. He created a diving suit, which would have actually worked for diving to actually fairly deep depths. Um. He had drawings for a machine gun. A machine gun back in that time, you know, we really didn't even, you know, we didn't even have guns back then. And he had idea for, you know, for a machine gun, so, you know, once again, it was ahead. Um, he had ideas and drawings to make human robots, basically androids. And we're talking four or five hundred years ago. So, I mean, you know, this guy was, 
so far ahead of his time. Um, and then the most remarkable thing I think that we have proof of today is he had drawings of a helicopter. And it was like a double-bladed helicopter. It was like, you know, kind of like the RC helicopters that you, know, you fly around now that have, you know, like, a, you know, like two blades stacked top of each other. It helps for stability. What's crazy is, if, if you look at the design that he created, it's the exact same design that we're using right now on Mars with the flying rover uh, Ingenuity. And it's working very well. It's, it's, it's surpassing everything that NASA has, has expected to do, and it's, it's going beyond. So, it's nuts. It's it's almost like like he could see into the future. Like he, you know, like you know, like he had a crystal ball that he could see how things worked and he could write them down. Um. And not not only could he see the things, but he he could he had an understanding of of how they worked and how to make them work. He like I said, he just didn't have the material at the time to physically do it. Um. So you think. You know the 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 only rational ex well not the only but one of the most rational explanations is what if the acoustic records do exist, and he was able to channel into the acoustic records. Now what's 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 crazy is right before he made most of his major inventions and drawings, Da Vinci disappeared from written history for a couple of years. He was gone, and then he came back, and then all this new revolutionary stuff that he had thought of came out. So, was he channeling for two years? We don't know. But it's just kind of crazy how he saw all, the, all these things ahead of time. Um, then we look at um, uh, at Albert Einstein. That man was so smart. But at the same time, not only was he, was he such a genius. Um, many of his theories that he came up with, relativity and a lot of his theories you know, are still holding up, you know, you know, like people thought, oh, you know, we found a way here, you, you, you know, he's wrong, well, then a couple of years come along, and they, they, they proved that he was right again, so his base fundamentals for physics are correct, and for him to have seen that, you know, you know, like a hundred years ago, for him to see, you know, and create all these fundamental uh, concepts and theories that are still holding up today when we have equipment that can actually go out and prove it. It's just amazing. I mean, you know, there's no way that he could have just thought that up. I mean, with any intelligence. It's it's it's, it's just mind-boggling. Um, you go back further than Einstein, you look at Nikola, well, uh, a little bit before uh, Einstein, you know, you had uh, Nikola Tesla. A lot of his ideas were, you know, so far ahead of their time. Um, and he was infatuated with pyramids. Not like, you know, the pyramids in Egypt, but the shape of the pyramid. Well, now remember, the acoustic records, if you can access them, you can go forward and backward in time. So, you know, maybe he saw something uh, that the, the, you know, the, Egyptian had, the Egyptians had seen, and it was like a lost technology that came back. I don't know, but you know, all these inventors are revolutionary, and the things that they came up with, um, and like uh, Nikola Tesla's use of like electrical power and you know wireless transmitting, which we use now for Wi-Fi, and the other ideas that he had as well. It was it's just it's just crazy how 
you know, they can come up with these ideas without some kind of assistance. Um, even uh, today, you look at Elon Musk. I mean, that man, it's he's an incredible visionary. He, uh, I mean, just, just to think that he started, I mean, well after Scott Bezos's, uh, 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 Blue Origin Space Company, founded SpaceX, and made such leaps and bounds in the last couple of years, I mean, you know, so far ahead of everybody. And I mean, part of it is Elon's work ethic. Because, I mean, you know, that man basically works, sleeps, and eats. And sometimes I don't think he sleeps and eats. I mean, he's he is a working machine, so that's that's a big part of it. But just how quickly they can respond to things and change things, and you wonder if maybe he can slightly type into tap into the Akashic records. Um, you know, if you want to go way back in history, you look at the uh, ancient Egyptians, like I was referring to right, the pyramids. But not the shape, their actual structures. They use some kind of technology to build these pyramids that we still can't replicate to this day. How did they build them? I mean, with such precision. I mean, you know, uh, you know, they, you know, they say that you know, you know, they use copper tools and they use water. No, no. There was uh, th- some of those stones are laser cut, laser cut. I mean, South America has a number of. of of things that were built too and like the blocks fit perfectly like they were like melted to fit so the the Egyptians I feel like they were tapped into the acoustic records big time and I remember back then too you know they didn't have TV they didn't have cell phones they didn't have the computer the internet all they had was the stars and what was around them you know so they had a lot more time to concentrate and view these kind of things I really think that they were tapped into it um, and then if you look at uh, some hieroglyph, some hieroglyphics um, in like Egyptian monuments, you'll see there's one where there's like a helicopter. It looks like uh, uh, it looks like an Apache helicopter. Why would they have that that hieroglyph in there? They unless they they somehow saw it. And I'm not saying that, that they traveled to physically to the future and saw it but maybe while they were tapped into the acoustic records they just happened to see this this flying device um they also have uh uh one of the hieroglyphics look just like an airplane you know they're trying to say it's a bird no, they have hieroglyphics of birds and it looks nothing it looks like a bird it doesn't look like a plane so just small subtle things like that and then they also have this big uh if you've ever watched Ancient Aliens, they throw this one up there a lot. It's um, it's a hieroglyph. It looks like a it looks like a ten foot long light bulb, and it's attached to what look like little batteries. They're saying it's an eggplant. It's a pretty big eggplant. I, I I don't know. I mean, when you consider that they that they that they did all those hieroglyphics inside the pyramids, they hand painted all that stuff, but they didn't engrave. And, you know, if you go in there without any kind of artificial lighting, it's pitch dark inside. There's, you know, so back then all they supposedly had were candles. Well, you go in there and there's no soot on the roofs from where the candles would have made soot. 
So that doesn't make sense either. They had to have had some kind of artificial lighting to go in there and do this with. And then in one of the tombs, they found what they call the Baghdad batteries. Basically, uh, clay pots. And then it has, um, like, a copper rod in the middle. And it works, you know, you know, and you fill it with, I, I can't remember if it was vinegar or it was wine. But you fill it with a, a certain liquid. And, and, and it gives off a couple volts charge. So if you were to have a light bulb, and you had ten of these strung in series... You're gonna have enough power to power a light bulb, so you know, you know, maybe all this they got from the acoustic records too. I don't know. And the final group that I have for the acoustic records, I mean, I know they did a lot of bad things, a lot of evil things, but you look at what the Nazi, what what the Nazis did for society. Yes, I understand they killed six million people, committed mass genocide. I'm not condoning that at all. But they made so many advances in science and in medicine. Now, a lot of the medical technology advances they made because they tortured Jews and found the limits of the human body, so I won't give that credit to the Acoustic Records. But the scientific uh, advancements that they made, uh, they, um, rocket propulsion technology, if it wouldn't have been for the Nazis, we, we, we wouldn't have gotten to the moon in 1969. It was because of uh, Operation Paperclip, and all of the all the Nazi uh, scientists that we had actually brought over to the United States, give them immunity to help us work on the Apollo program. But uh, there are a lot, you know, the Germans really the the you know the Nazi Germanies really did a lot. The German, oh my gosh, the Nazi, the German Nazis did a lot for technology, though. I mean, besides rocket rocket propulsion, um, weapons development. Um, there's the uh, Nazi Bell, if you know what that is. That it's, 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 it's supposedly a time traveling craft that crashed in uh, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Um, there's a lot of a lot of. I mean, I want to do a future episode on this too coming up. Um, supposedly in uh, in Antarctica, they had a base. You know, they towards the end of World War Two when they knew they were they were losing a bunch of. Uh, a bunch of like high up ranking officials in the Nazis plus a bunch of the troops they all got in boats and they went some went to South America but a lot went to Antarctica because they have a base they supposedly had a base down there which is still operational to this day they just keep quiet so uh you know on the scientific end the Nazis it, you know they talked about about communicating with a race of of, of beings that they call uh uh, the Nazis talked about these these perfect beings that you know were giving them uh, technology. You know, and everybody automatically jumps to, oh, it was you know the gray aliens. Was it or was it was it? You know, whoever. I mean, these acoustic records have to be guarded by some kind of a being. They they have to be. I mean, you know, you wouldn't just let this kind of information out there for anybody to have or destroy. So if the acoustic records really exist, there must be some kind of being guarding them. So maybe that's where they got their information from. Maybe you know, they channeled into the acoustic records, and they, you know, maybe you know, I, I don't know how it works. But, um, so I mentioned before how if you go to church, you've you've talked about this. At least part of it, the acoustic records, some people believe is what is referred to as the Book of Life in Christianity and Judaism, or uh, Christianity and Judaism. 
it's the book that God records the names of every person destined for heaven or the world to come. Um, and in, in Revelations two fifteen, yeah, I'm gonna go you know on in, in, in a Bible for a minute, but if you just hear hear what this says, it's it's kind of crazy how it ties right into this. Revelation two fifteen, and whoever's and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. But right before that, so you know, that that's the book of life. Right before that, in in Revelations twenty twelve, it said, "And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books plural the books were open, and another book, which was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, plural again, books according to their works." So, what it's saying is is that. In the end times, the you know the books, quote unquote, the Akashic records are opened up, and everything that you have done, you are judged upon that, and then your final fate is decided upon what you have done. I mean, this ties into, you know, like, uh, like with karma, you know, everybody thinks that karma is. Oh, you know, if you do something bad, something bad happens to you automatically, and it's not. It's kind of like a, it's it's kind of like a positive and negative column, you know. Everything that you do good in karma, you know, if you know if you follow that that religion, everything that you do, good, you get a check mark on the good side, and you get a check mark on the bad side. And when you die, you know, you know, it basically, you know, it looks at your score. You know, you did this many good acts, this the this many bad acts. So, you know, you're going to be reincarnated and come back as whatever, you know. Um, but, you know, so, you know, the acoustic records, it ties into so many different facets of life. And, you know, if these are out there, um, it would just make sense be, since that our our ancestors were able to tap into them and we're having a harder time because you think, I mean, all right, you think about it. Where can you go right now? And it is absolute silence. There's not any kind of electronic, any kind of noise from society, nothing. Where you hear absolutely nothing, and it's complete silence. Good luck anymore, because if it's not traffic, if it's not an airplane flying overhead, if it's not... We have... Humans have created a world where we are so saturated with noise and light. How would we concentrate on something else? It's crazy. But you figure, you know, back in times of the Egyptians, uh, even not that far, back in time of the Native Americans, what did you have? You had nothing like that. You know, there was there was no electronics, no technology. It was it was like I said before, it was you and the stars. That's why you know a lot of their, a lot of their, a lot of everything back then was was built and designed around the stars and what the stars look like. And so, if there are cosmic records and if it's a if it's like a channeling thing you have to do to be able to access them, that would explain why it happened more before and not so much now because we can't. You know, I don't think you can properly channel right now, considering how much of a distraction there is in the world right now. So. 
so this, so you know that's the other uh, acoustic records. Um, personally, I feel they do exist. In what form? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the more and more that you listen to science and scientists as they discover our universe, they keep coming back to one conclusion: that our universe is data. It's 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 binary code. It's ones and zeros. Our whole universe. Whether that means we're in a simulation, whether that means that's just how nature works. So if we're in so if we're inside of a system, whether natural or artificial, it's all ones and zeros, ones and zeros, it's all binary. That code's going somewhere. It's getting stored. It has to be stored somewhere. And I don't know, just for me, I believe that the cosmic records exist. You know, you don't feel that way. That's totally understandable, and you don't have to feel that way. Um, I'd love to hear what you feel about it. You know, you can go into our Facebook page. Uh, you just type in "Mind of a Madman," it'll be the first thing that pops up. Or, uh, you know, you can email us, you can message us, whatever you want to do. Uh, you know, I'm glad to hear from everybody. Um, so, with that being said, let's go on to uh, our question of the week. So, last week, the question I asked was. Uh, as mankind begins to colonize Mars which is coming we're not that far away how do we govern that area that, that planet will it be an extension of so like if it's a US colony is it an extension of the US government like like we'll be treated like like an, like a like a uh, we'll, we'll be treated like we treat like, like uh, Puerto Rico like the territory Will have its own government. You know, will it? Will will be more, more like a military installation where there's like a head person in charge and you take orders from him. How's it going to be set up? Here's the way I feel it should be. Now, I mean, I've gotten a lot of a lot of scattered things on this. I mean, there's no one consensus. Which, like I said before, it's it's hard because this this is still so new. You know, we've never really dealt with this before because you know, we've never had a colony that was well. We have, we have had colonies before that were a month or a couple months away when when you know back when when England first first set foot on what's now the United States. So we kind of have experience in this, but you know, and we know where things have gone wrong, where they've gone right. Um, the whole thing is is that. If you make it its own separate entity, I don't know. I just see a lot of a lot of issues because, you know, if it's its own separate entity and they cause problems with the rest of the world and they can't get supplies and they're going to be in trouble. I feel that whatever that that whatever that you know, each colony should just just like would be on the uh, on the Earth. If the U.S. sets up a colony on Mars. You treat it just like just like it's Puerto Rico or another extension of the United States. Um, I mean, granted, travel time there is a couple months, but communication time—you know—you can you can you can you know communicate with Mars. You know, fifteen twenty minutes. You know, you can have your know, response. So, um, I feel like it should be treated. You know, they should they should vote like you know like a uh, like a governor. You know and. And then you'll know, have representatives uh, that represent them in Congress, 
uh, you know, just you know, treat it just like we would treat a territory right now. So that's my that's that's my thoughts on this. Um, like I said, I don't think anybody's right or wrong at this point because this is you know in unprecedented times. So so now on for what uh, our question for next week: whether or not the U.S. government knows about UFOs, we have them, you know, uh, trap. Uh, you know, like stored like Area Fifty One, Area Fifty Two, uh, or Air Force, but whatever. If the U.S. government knows about extraterrestrials, and we are being, um, if 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 they know about them, and we are being visited by them, and we you know, then we have craft in captivity, and we and, and they have communications with the extraterrestrials. Do you feel as though the public is ready to know about it? I mean. Do you think that that mankind and civilization would fall apart overnight if if they knew the extraterrestrials exist, or do you think that for the most part we we'd be able to handle it, move on with our lives, and you know have a new understanding of our universe? So with that being said, you know uh, I'd love to hear your answers. Uh, once again, you can you know go on the Facebook page, you can message us, you can email us, however you feel comfortable. Uh, Shortly, we're going to have a phone number that you'll be able to call in and uh, let us voicemails if you want or text us. So uh, until then, I'll talk to you guys next week. Stay safe.